From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the line. And we are your leadership development coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today's show is about hope, joy, and the mother standard of care at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America featuring the co-founder and the vice chairman, Robert Mayo. Um, Bob will share with us the powers of possibility and the magic moments that leadership in cancer treatment requires to truly achieve a return on people, the ROP, and not just a return on investment, the ROI. Kathy and I want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and we want to provide you evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. Kathy, welcome. Uh, thanks, Riley. Um, I'm very excited today uh, about our guest. Uh, it is one of the most profound people I have had the honor of, of meeting in my life, and that is Mr. Robert Mayo. He is the vice chairman, uh, and he is the uh, co-founder of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And um, as you know, listeners, Relly and I um, try to bring you information about what you can do as a leader in your organization, and we know that leaders are the heartbeat of any company, any organization. And most leaders really do underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams can underperform. But doing just a few small things differently can really drastically improve your performance and your organization's performance. Relly and I really try to teach you in each and every one of these shows something you can do, very simple, to bring back to your organization. Things like how to develop more leaders, what happy companies know, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies you can apply immediately. And we're going to talk about some of those today. We talk about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, generation and gender differences, work-life balance practices, and strategies that not only help you manage your boss but manage yourself and tools to be your best, plus many more tools and tips. Relly, do you want to talk a little bit uh, today about our guest, Mr. Robert Mayo? Sure. Um, Mr. Mayo is the co-founder of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, like we mentioned. He has over 27 years of experience developing comprehensive oncology cancer centers of excellence through the United States. His specific expertise is in the area of cancer program design and management, physician practice management, business development, and mergers and acquisition. Through his leadership at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, uh, has matured into a very successful privately held healthcare company. Prior to joining Cancer Treatment Centers of America in 1980, Mr. Mayo served in several senior positions throughout the healthcare industry. Mr. Mayo's responsibilities as the vice chairman include representing CTCA in the industry, government, uh, and payer relationships. Furthermore, he oversees all aspects of the company's development and growth initiatives. 
He has also developed and sits on the boards of the Eastern Regional Medical Center in Philadelphia, the Southwestern Regional uh, Medical Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Seattle Cancer Treatment and Wellness Center in Seattle, Washington, Midwestern Regional Medical Center and Cancer Treatment Research Foundation in suburban Chicago, and other national and international organizations. What Mr. Mayo has said, because one of the topics we do like to talk about is, is what happy companies know, he uh, has said happy companies love to see their employees empowered to make decisions and for those same employees to put those decisions into action in support of the company's customers and the company's commitment to excellence. Thanks, Riley. You know, before we bring on uh, Mr. Mayo, I want to tell you a little bit more about some of the things we like to do in our programs to make sure you're tuned in with us to hear the right things in our conversation with all of our guests and not just uh, our guest today, Vice Chairman of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Before um, we talk about those particular subjects on leadership, I just want to bring to your attention that as much as 77% of improvement in performance can be achieved while increasing your life and professional satisfaction simply by using coaching. And you can increase profit by creating coaching networks inside your company, and in just one day, studies have shown that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. Leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team, and Relly and I often talk about how contagious emotions are and how leaders are the emotional thermostat for their teams. The key to being a star performer is someone who performs in the top 10%, and those individuals are people who have real emotional intelligence. As you know, as leaders move up the corporate ladder, many of them have opportunities for success. 85% of their competencies for success are tied to emotional intelligence where their IQ and their technical expertise is matched by their emotional quotient. Leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to their organizations as managers in the 11th through 89th percentiles. And this is all due to emotional intelligence. When coaching is added to training, a person's productivity is also enhanced. And 88% of training can achieve a goal, but when you increase it by using coaching, you maximize that 88%. And by just doing a few small things differently, just a few small things, Relly and I want to teach you how to take micro-initiatives that create macro-impacts. And in today's topic, we're going to talk about how a company has taken measuring one life at a time to a macro-impact. What I want to talk to you about today is all the great things that Cancer Treatment Centers of America is doing with our guest, Robert Mayo, in addition to having Relly Nadler add some of his comments on how emotional intelligence is being reached in such a fine organization. And for more leadership and coaching information for your organization, you can contact me at h2cleadership.com and for Dr. Relly Nadler at www.truenorthleadership.com for his emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. Relly? Today's guest, thank you, Kathy, is Robert Mayo, like we mentioned, Vice Chairman of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Welcome, Bob. Thank you. Glad to be here. We have a, a, a list of questions that we're very interested in hearing 
uh, your response to. And so let's let me start off with the first one. Can you tell us a little bit about the Cancer Treatment Centers of America and why uh, it is so different from other treatment centers of its kind? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, fundamentally, what makes Cancer Treatment Centers of America different is our is our um, unrelenting focus on what cancer patients with complex and advanced stage cancers value the most. It's not about the doctors. It's not about the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. While obviously they are components to the process, it is always and only about cancer patients and their families. It's how we are wired. Every day we focus on delivering our brand promise to them. That brand promise includes... Cancer patients and their healing are at the center of our hearts, minds, and actions every day. We rally our team around them, delivering compassionate, integrative cancer care for their body, mind, and spirit. And we offer clear information, powerful and thorough treatment options, all based on their needs. We also honor their courage, respect each cancer patient's decision, and offer to share their journey of healing and hope. And this promise extends to their families as well. Family and loved ones play an irreplaceable role in a cancer patient's journey. It's a different mindset at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and I think those are the components that make us significantly different from other health care facilities. That sounds um, drastically different. I you know some of my clients are in, in the health care industry. And so it doesn't sound like you're confined by as much around insurance and time issues, but, you know, your priorities seem to be very, very clear. You know, it's uh, as I heard Bob talk, one of the things that um, I find extremely interesting about uh, CTCA is how you start each and every board meeting, Bob. Can you talk a little bit about why your organization starts every board meeting with a success story about a patient instead of a financial report, which is what most of us are used to when we go to a staff meeting, a status meeting, or something as important as a board meeting. Sure, Kathy. Well, simply put, we believe that if we take care of our patients in a fashion that they desire to be treated as patients, as individuals, as human beings, and not numbers, the financials will always follow. It's always and only about the patient. We believe, uh, we believe in uh, living our promise every day. Uh, at CTCA, for instance, we deliver what we call the mother standard of care. It's based on the philosophical question. If it was your mother and she had cancer, how would you want her to be treated? Mm-hmm. The answer is simple. We'd all want every possible option explored to give our mothers the best chance at a cure or a better length of life, but always quality of life in treatment and beyond. So we do that by combining best, most efficacious treatments available from every medical discipline possible, support complementary therapies like nutrition, naturopic, uh, nature, naturopathic medicine, spiritual counseling, mind-body medicine, and many others, all to meet the needs of each individual patient. And in our organization, it's a team approach to medicine that we haven't seen and that our patients tell us they haven't seen anywhere else either. 
Our patient empowerment medicine approach encourages patients and their caregivers to have an active voice in treatment decisions. They don't line up like sheep, like numbers, with doctors on a pedestal saying, do what I tell you to do, this is the only way you're going to cure. We, we want them to be the focal point of the decision-making process. It's respectful and the right thing to do. Bob, when you were just talking about um, making the uh, making the uh, individual responsible for decisions, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you always partner a patient with a loved one when they come to the facility when we come back from our break. This is Leadership Development News. We'll be right back. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a twig set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Homeowners, real estate investors, bankers, listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcast live on the Voice America Business Channel, Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening.
listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Rowan Nadler with Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and we have Robert Mayo, the Vice Chairman of the Cancer Treatment Centers of, of America. And, uh, and Bob, um, just before the break, we were talking about some things that we want to continue with. Um, can you follow up with that, or is Kathy, you have a specific question that you wanted to follow up with that? Yeah, Bob, I'm not sure if I was uh, clear for the listeners who are just checking back in with us. Uh, I know that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of the mother standard of care is bringing with you an individual coming to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a loved one who's going to look out for your best interest. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you do that? Yes. Well, first of all, we all know that cancer is a life-threatening disease. And quite frankly, patients travel on average 514 miles to reach a Cancer Treatment Centers of America Center of Excellence. That's a long way to come, leaving hearth and home uh, to receive a second opinion, to be counseled on what options are out there. And what we believe is is that when confronted with a life-threatening disease or confronted with a major decision in life, individuals often rely on loved ones. Uh, to consult, uh, to be there with them. We also know that historically, while the patient may feel as though after being exposed to the Cancer Treatment Centers of America model, that it is the best place for them. But quite frankly, they want positive reinforcement. They want somebody to say, I've made the right decision in coming here. Don't you agree that this is where we ought to place uh, our hope and our aspirations for a cure for this disease. And we find that supportive loved ones who accompany the patient uh, to the center uh, will provide that that level of support and influence, positive influence, in, in making sure that they support the decisions that have been made by the cancer patient themselves. We also think that it's important that in the first visit that they have somebody that they can be with uh, in the evening hours and, and to go to dinner to talk about the day's events and, and to simply take their mind off of, uh, of the treatment uh, that they're confronting. Well, I have to tell you that um, having been at a couple of your events, uh, it has been a heart-wrenching uh, experience and a gleeful experience all at the same time because to see these people stand up uh, raise a glass and testimonial uh, to the terrific care they get. Um, it, it's an amazing process. Can you tell us a little bit about you and how you came to work in the field of cancer and hospital services? Relly and I are always trying to tap into the influencers in a great leader's life, and as one of those wonderful people uh, that we uh, want to hear from, we'd love to know more about you. Well, first of all, um, whether it's me or, or one of our uh, one of our own 
caregivers in our organization. I, I think one of the things we say at Cancer Treatment Centers of America is that, that not everybody can work in the Cancer Treatment Centers of America site. Uh, there, there, there are skill sets, um, there are traits that, that an individual has to display. First and foremost, it's, it, it's compassion. Um, and I know that, uh, that my family, my, particularly my mother and father, were, were very compassionate people, uh, very active in their church and, and just good people. My dad was a merchant marine, and, and uh, uh, because my mother uh, was left at home with her two sons, uh, my mother uh, took care of, of uh, orphan children from, from Catholic charities. And at any one time, we had a big home, I would have 12 or 13 foster, parents, uh, foster brothers and sisters. So I, th- I think that commitment to, uh, to people and to doing good deeds and, and uh, to be committed to public service, um, I, I've, I, that, that's been part of my life uh, for my entire 65 years. It's how I was brought up. It's a core value of mine. Uh, I also spent 20 years in the United States Navy, uh, and uh, where you learn camaraderie and 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 how to look out for your fellow man. And uh, I think the Navy played a, a, an important part in in molding me into the person that I am. Um, I got into cancer in, hos- in the hospital field. I was a medical service corps officer in the Navy. And uh, after meeting Dick Stevenson, uh, the visionary behind Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and currently the chairman of our board, uh, Dick, you know, all successful people and, and all, all people who see or have a vision and, and can see that vision through to fruition, there's always a good reason behind it. Uh, and in, and in Dick's case, it was all about his mother. His mother had contracted transitional bladder cancer at a very early age. Uh, Dick, even at that, uh, moment in his life had the wherewithal to bring just about any type of care, the best care in cancer at the time, uh, to her bedside. And, uh, what he found was is that because even with that ability, the doctors seemed to um, look at his suggestions and the things that he had offered in, in, in disdain and, and said, look, we know best and, and we know how to treat your mother and uh, this is how we're going to treat her. Long and short of it, it uh, they did not uh, listen to anything that he might say, anything that his mother might say, and his mother developed metastatic disease and died. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, she died prematurely. Uh, at her deathbed, Dick Stevenson said, I am going to change the face of cancer. No mother should have to suffer the way my mother did. And that was his commitment. And that was some 32 years ago. And it's amazing when you hear him speak in front of uh, any crowd, uh, crowds of cancer patients and their families or uh, at charitable events. Um, It's amazing how he garners that story uh, each and every time as though it's the first time he's telling it because it's so true for him. He, he will not allow anybody to suffer like that ever again. And that's true. And I think when you find somebody, Dick and I are, are the best of friends. He was the best man at my wedding. I'm the godfather to his youngest child. But for us, um, 
this this journey has been one of 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 friendship, and it's an experience. Uh, it's been more than a career, I think, for both of us. Uh, but cause to find a new way to help patients win their fight against cancer. You know, um, Bob, just hearing you you talk about that, and I can hear you know hear the shift in your your voice. Imagine like our listeners do. You know, just of the compassion that's there and. And I'm sure of all the the stories um, of the, the people that you've helped, um, we talked about you know who has influenced you. Sound like Dick Stevens, certainly. Your parents are there. Are there other key people who may have influenced you? And I'm, I'm just wondering. I imagine there's some kind of patient stories about how they were treated, and and you know have those been influences? And if not, maybe they oh, most definitely. I mean, I mean. Uh... Certainly, I've I've had a lot of mentors in my life, and I think any successful person, uh, you're probably not successful if you can't look back and point to a mentor, somebody who who really had an an impact on your life and and helped shape and mold the way you think and the way you do things. Uh, lots of people, certainly Dick Stevenson, uh, my parents, uh, my parish priest, um, but. Yes, there were there have been many patients, and 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 one particular lady uh, comes to mind, and and I won't mention her name. She has since uh, since departed, but uh, this is a lady who uh, just was the was the epitome of hope. Uh, somebody who uh, spoke highly of life, had a zest for life. And one of the things that she said to me, uh, and she survived this disease for 15 years, uh, upon initial diagnosis, her doctor told her she had six months to live. Uh, and she lived for 15 years with cancer, but also with a good quality of life. And one of the things she said to me, which I thought was a profound statement, which, uh, which I still recite today in, 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 uh, in lectures and in speeches that I give, she said, you know, Bob, if God wanted us to know when we were going to die, we would have all been born with an expiration date stamped on the bottom of our foot. And she truly believed that. She didn't believe that any doctor had the right to tell her she had six months to live and that if there were options out there, then then she had a fiduciary obligation to her family to uh, pursue those options. There are many stories like that um, uh, in my career where uh, one of the hardest things to do is 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 to lose a friend and uh, in my world uh, we lose friends all the time. not everybody survives this disease, but it is one of the heart wrenching things that we go through in cancer care when we lose a patient because in our world they're part of our family. And a little bit of us dies when we lose a cancer patient. You know, when you are talking, Bob, it can't uh, can't help but touch our listeners as well. Um, you think about how does somebody prepare uh, for this kind of a role in life? Um, how do you prepare to lead an organization that truly touches lives on a daily basis? Um, I had said earlier, you know, one life at a time, um, creating, you know, macro initiatives for others, meaning, 
you do one thing very well, one person at a time, and then you change and transform what you're doing to be able to touch the lives of many people across your many organizations, as I know you're opening up a new facility in the near future on the uh, West Coast. So how do, you, how do you and people that work with you as leaders in your industry prepare for this role? What is it you do? Well, uh, typically, you know, if you, can, you can point to the important things. Certainly education is very important. Um, but for me, um, looking at role models and, and having role models, and, and I've had the benefit of several role models in my life, uh, and taking the good things or, or, or pieces of, of, of how they react to certain situations and how they deal with problem solving and, 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 and taking all those and, and molding it into your own style. And you know, Bob, we're going to come right back to that, to hold that thought. This is, this is Leadership Development News, and we're talking with Mr. Robert Mayo. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Before every word, there is a thought. Before every action, there is a thought. If everything starts with a leader, what happens when leaders around the world start to think and do things differently? I'm thinking the world will change. Evolve the leader. Evolve the company. Change the world. Join Susan Kavanaugh for Summit Speak. All Leaders Rise. Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, and you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Robert Mayo. And before the, the break, we were just talking about how do you prepare for this role, and you were talking about kind of your own learning, and maybe let's kind of continue with that because we, we cut it short. Well, uh, for me, in, in preparation, you know, I've, I've prepared for many roles in my life, uh, going back to when I first joined the organization some 28 years ago as its uh, vice president of human resources. And then as I progressed through my career, leading to be to uh, president and CEO of the organization and then eventually uh, vice chairman, um, along the way, uh, you... Uh, you run into people and 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 make friendships with 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 people, uh, and they all have a little bit to give. They all have something that you can take away from that relationship, and 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 shape into the type of person that you are. Shape into how you make decisions. Um, I think the most important uh, thing that I've learned uh, throughout my career is to treat everybody the way you'd like to be treated. Uh, and that and that transcends from patients to employees to um, management fellows, trainees, etc. Uh, and to try and be there for them. Not to always uh, have the answer, but to try and be there for them. Uh, and that, that's that's basically how I prepared for it, is, is just taking a little bit, the best of of all my relationships and taking a little piece of, of what they did well and and and, uh, and uh, blend it into uh, to my style. You know, um, so so really taking pieces from other folks and and learning wherever you can. We know that's an important thing as a leader. And then uh, the other piece that we wanted to talk to you about was how does leadership and development of leaders continue to influence your work and the mission of CTCA. And I think maybe an add-on to that, probably one of the key leaders that I think takes a lot of education is is doctors. Sure. You know, so maybe you can talk a little bit about, um, you know, leadership, leadership development, and then also is there anything particular you do to get the right kind of doctors to do the right kind of things to really demonstrate that kind of compassion? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, there are many things in a person's life that prepare you for, for uh or challenges. Um, and at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we learn every day. No matter what position we hold in the company, we learn from each other. It's very common for me uh, to be in a meeting with one of our management fellows who just graduated from college, our chief medical officer, and uh, and our director of Lean Six Sigma working working together to solve to solve a problem. It's how we develop our young leaders. It's how we renew our experienced leaders. Uh, the key is working together. In terms of how do we uh, select our leaders, and I think that probably transcends into the question of uh, what do you look for in any potential leader today uh, that makes a difference uh, in the quality of life for everyone at, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Um, first of all, uh, the service we provide to cancer patients are about life and death. Uh, this is a complex disease, a complex business uh, within the complex world of healthcare. We recruit people who are very intelligent, selfless, can work independently, uh, or in groups. And most importantly, understand that the patient 
is our only driving force. Um, we work with two organizations. Uh, one is an organization called Talent Plus, and the other is called Top Grading. We use these two organizations to help us understand who we are hiring, where their strengths lie, and how we can help develop them as leaders, or whether we can develop them as leaders. Uh, I think one of the most important things that we look for is whether they, they, they the individuals we're looking at, are symbiotic with, with our patient empowerment model of care. doesn't make any difference how smart you are. doesn't make any difference what your educational background is or your experience. If you can't resonate with how CTCA treats patients and view each patient as the focal point of everything we do, then you can't work at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. In short, we look for people who are interested in not just the job, but also who share in our sense of purpose and are committed to serving cancer patients. You know, Bob, as you were talking, um, I remember that we have uh, Kimberly Rath, who's the uh, uh, co-founder of Talent Plus uh, on the program uh, April 21st. And um, I'd just like you to talk a little bit about something you said earlier in combination with Talent Plus and top grading, because this is so important for our listeners to hear. And really, as, as Bob says this, I'm, I'm sure you'll want to talk about this some more. You used the word earlier, we're hardwired. We are wired a certain way. And you, you talked about your services being about life and death and that people can be very intelligent they also have to be selfless and can work in groups. Talk a little bit about what that hard wiring for the kind of care that you provide looks like and, and how you use Talent Plus to, to help you find that. Well, uh, first of all, uh, uh, there, are, there, there are many traits that Talent Plus looks at for us that make that special person, that, that person who who we believe makes a, an outstanding candidate uh, for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Um, but, but first and foremost, uh, the whole idea of Talent Plus is not to determine, quite frankly, how smart somebody is. I mean, education and, and, and intelligence are given when, you, when, you're, when you're looking at people. What we really look for is how this individual will fit into our organization. Is he or she a fit for Cancer Treatment Centers of America? Uh, number one, we look for type A personalities. We look for people with high egos. Uh, uh, ego is not a bad thing. Uh, we want people who think on their own. Uh, but we also look for people who are, who are uh, uh, passionate about what they do, uh, people who display a high degree of compassion uh, for for uh, uh, for our clientele, and also someone who uh, or individuals who are really self-starters, and and first and foremost somebody who has a, a very very high degree of integrity, and that's what Talent Plus does for us. 
And then are, are those, just for our listeners' uh, sake, are those kind of pre-assessment uh, tools that you use along with... Well, the, you know, it's very work? interesting the way they work, and, and I'm sure Kimberly will explain to you because uh, Kimberly was the first person I met when, when we decided we were going to use Talent Plus. But, but uh, the, the way Talent Plus worked for us was is that it isn't simply a, a, a psychological tool uh, where they ask certain questions, et cetera, and, and find out how the individual answers them and whether or not those are the answers they're looking for. It's significantly different than that. One of the things that they do is, is they come into your organization, uh, and when we first brought Talent Plus on board, which is over 20 years ago, quite frankly, the first thing they did is they spent uh, two and a half hours uh, in dialogue with our chairman and another two and a half hours in dialogue with me as the vice chairman to really delve into what type of organization is this. You know, what are the cornerstones of of what makes them successful? And what is absolutely sacred in terms of of how they deliver uh, their, their product? Um, and how do they think? And how do they make decisions? And once they learn all that, then they they can design a a, a questionnaire around those uh, those values and those traits displayed by leadership. And I can tell you, they have a very very high success rate in terms of um, in terms of continuity in, in 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 terms of the people we hire. So they, so they, with that, sounds like in, in, in summary of how they help you, really were able to, to look at the competencies that you and your chairman share and then try to find that in some of the people that you're going to be bringing in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, 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 and there is, as they will tell you, um, they don't do us a, a service by telling us to hire the wrong people. Right. On that note, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
securities and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rockabye baby by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion makes sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science. But it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Riley Nadler with Dr. Kathy Greenberg. We're talking to uh, Bob Mayo, Cancer Treatment Centers for America, and we're going to our last segment. And, and Bob, we wanted to ask you, um, what what are some of the ways that you do prepare leaders in a world where life is at a premium? I imagine it's going to be different than maybe some of the other leadership development um, practices that people use. Well, first of all, um, Let's go back to how we select our people, yeah. and obviously, we—I we, uh, told you a little bit about how we select um, executives within our organization through the use of Talent Plus and, and top training. But we also believe very strongly in our, our organization uh, being around fifteen, twenty years from now. So we also b- believe in in succession planning and bringing in future leaders at a very, very early stage. Let me talk to you a little bit about um, our management fellowship program. We select anywhere from four to eight undergraduate students every year from some of the most prestigious undergraduate programs around the country, uh, Northwestern University, Dartmouth uh, DePaul University, Wabash University, Wash U in St. Louis, uh, Babson College, uh, the number one entrepreneurial business college in the country, in, in uh, just outside of Boston. We select these people using some of the same tools that we use to select our executives, but for them, it is grooming them from the very, very beginning, making sure that they have the traits that would uh, that would. Uh, that would render them candidates for leadership positions five, ten years from now. They go into a, what's called a management fellowship program that's two years in, in duration. And during that two years, they rotate through virtually every single department, every hospital around the country, every department within that hospital, and get a full understanding of of what makes us tick. They also uh, learn uh, how we how we react to patients, and and they they it's ingrained in them that this is not just a a business. So they get two years of, of very intense uh, 
uh, individualized training. I think something else that's uh, remarkable is is that these young people attend every single board meeting, so they get to see firsthand in a in a in a training program how management makes decisions, and I think that's a it, it's a I've been told by uh, management fellows who graduate from the program that uh, that that it is something that they will never forget in their life that they got this early indoctrination into not only the bowels of the organization but how decisions are made at a very very high level. Um, we look for leadership qualities coming in and we nurture them. Uh, everyone is a little different, so we work hard to maximize strengths and uh, that have already been developed. Uh, we don't focus on weaknesses. I think that, that that's something that a lot of companies do. You know, I mean, has anybody ever heard of constructive criticism being good? Uh, by nature, criticism is not good. So we don't we don't we don't focus on weaknesses. We only focus on strengths. Um, we uh, we have a very strong mentoring program, as I as I stated, our management fellowship program, and we also have a program called. Um, ADP or Advanced Development Program. I today mentor uh, one of our uh, one of our leading middle management uh, employees, and every month I spend uh, I spend an hour with with that individual, uh, focusing on her strengths and 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 grooming her to take on more responsibility and, and pushing her uh, to understand. The breadth of of the organization, as opposed to just that which she is responsible for. Bob, how does somebody learn about your fellowship programs? Uh, where can they go on your site to look at? Uh, uh, they, the they can they can go to um, they can go to cancercenter.com, which is our website. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, if you punch in cancercenter.com. Uh, uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America will either come up one or two uh, on the internet for you, and uh, and then just look for the Management Fellowship Program, and uh, there's a uh, there's an explanation as to how that program works. Outstanding. And um, can you tell us a little bit more about what Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, is doing to help continue to lead the way in treatment, and how the Mother Standard. Uh, is going to be working for you in the future? Sure. Um, I think first and foremost, we ask our patients every day if what we are doing helps and has value. Uh, Most recently, a study by Bain and Company stated that just 55% of patients are willing to refer other patients to the hospital at which they just treated. More than 90% of our patients say they would refer other cancer patients to one of our hospitals. By continuing to focus on what patients value most, which is the essence of the mother standard, we believe we will continue to be seen as the premier center for human hope by people living with cancer. It's, it's amazing. I know that uh, I personally use the Cancer Treatment Center of America commercial, which you are most known for in the public domain, in all of my uh, What Happy Company Know 
speaking engagements and consulting engagements where we use the model HAPIE to show heartfelt, adaptive leaders who profit by return on people, who are obviously invigorated uh, by their stakeholders and shareholders who are your survivors. You just said that. They will refer 90% of their patients and friends um, that they know in the cancer world to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And you are very engaged community partners, uh, thus the HAPIE. And um, it's an honor always to hear you speak and talk about what you're doing. Relly, you have any um, final questions for Bob as we uh, ramp down here at the end of our program? Yeah, I think, uh, Bob, you talked about being hardwired earlier in the show, and it's and like one of the things I hear is, is the empathy that you're looking for. You use the word compassion. Um, is that something that you find that, that people can build that empathy um, or, you're, or kind of a combination? You're already looking for someone with a high degree of empathy, and they, they, they have this opportunity to spread it. Well, I, I, I truly believe that, first of all, um, like any profession, you have to have a vocation for it. Um, something has to click in your brain that says, you know, I, I could see myself spending the rest of my life doing just this. Uh-huh. Um, so first of all, people have to have a vocation uh, for health care. Uh, if you have a vocation, most people who display that vocation do have empathy. It's a matter of bringing it out and allowing them to uh, to uh, display that empathy and to uh, and to use it in every moment of their of their work day, uh, giving them the autonomy to make decisions and and to treat patients uh, the way patients want to be treated. I mean, it's not at all uncommon, and I, I say this. Uh, all the time, it's not un- uncommon for us to um, to catch somebody doing something very, very good for a patient. Uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, a lady cornered me in the hospital the other day, and she 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 said, "You know, I'd like to talk to you about somebody. You look like somebody, like an individual of influence or or decision making." She said, "I want you to know that I had no clean clothes." And the housekeeper said, not to worry. The housekeeper took all my dirty clothes, took them home, washed them, ironed them, and brought them back to me the next day. And when I asked her if I could pay for it, she said, it was a pleasure doing it for you. These are just small examples of, of, of how our people are wired. They're, they're just wired that way. It's not a job to them. That's great. Well, that's a that's a really good story to to close on. Um, Kathy, anything you want to say to in the, bring us to a close here? Well, I just want to thank Bob from the bottom of our hearts and our listeners' hearts for all the great work Cancer Treatment Centers of America is doing, and we're so happy that you spent the day with us. And hopefully, people will look at cancercenter.com and find out more about how they contribute to the success of Cancer Treatment Centers of America in the future. Thank you very much, Bob. And this has been Leadership Development News signing off today. My pleasure. 
You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.